those savings can be redirected. We are unblocking savings and retirement savings. We are creating and enabling those who maybe have been on the sidelines um, in retirement savings and planning to actually get in the game. John Sullivan with 401k Specialist, and this is the 401k Specialist Podcast. Student loan debt is a big problem that's getting bigger, affecting multiple aspects of an employee's financial life, retirement savings being just one. Laurel Taylor is doing something about it. The MIT grad and CEO of innovative fintech firm FutureFuel.io is out to crush student debt in the workplace and beyond. Taylor joins us to discuss the scope of the problem, if it's getting better or worse, and how advisors can help. We also somehow drag Nevin Adams into all of it. Laurel, it seems the figure that really drove home the student debt issue was when we reached $1.7 trillion in total outstanding debt, more than car loans and other personal finance expenditures. Are we making any headway yet, or has the recent pause on repayment only made the situation worse? So the total, the total it's a, and John, thank you so much for, for having me and diving right into the, the numbers because they are, they are staggering. And the, the problem is getting worse. And it's going to continue to get worse um, in terms of the total amount of total outstanding student debt. So uh, as, as some of your, your, your audience, some of your viewers and your audience members may be aware that we, we have been in a two and a half year moratorium on student loan payments, which is really the first time in the history of the United States where we've had a two and a half year pause on payments due on federal student loans. And you know the intent behind that was 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 good, uh, in that you know ninety eight over ninety percent of borrowers say that they're actually not prepared to enter back into repayment. But the the challenge is that we've we've actually kicked the can now. the uh, The average pay down time is about seventeen to twenty years. Now we have two and a half years um, inserted as a delay, and so both the, the total amount of student debt has continues to grow dramatically. Um, as well as now the total lifetime that it takes to pay down debt, I think a very well-intentioned program um, has also, uh, unfortunately, really elongated that that journey for for Americans and for those with student debt. Why is student debt so bad, aside from the obvious and the burden it places on people? But what other financial areas does it impact? So, you know, I think I, I would say I think that student debt because because I've had you know, my mom and I together have shared about two hundred thousand dollars in student debt, um, and you know she she was a social worker, made twenty twenty four thousand dollars a year, and so I think student debt is actually the gateway to, and the data show that education is the gateway to increasing your earning potential, um, and the data is very clear about that. I think the reason that student debt has become quote unquote bad is. Largely, as you think about $1.7 trillion, there, there isn't an industry around the $1.7 trillion to really empower uh, those who've decided to, uh, a, to achieve socioeconomic mobility, to become educated and, uh, members of, uh, of our society, although I think education can come in many different shapes and form, forms. It's just been analog. Right, so the industry is saying, "Hey, if you know, if you want to figure out uh, how to change your federal repayment plan, uh, contact your servicer via fax machine." You know, it's 2022. Um, we we need to reach 
users with modern experiences that are expected today with our smartphones, a seven out of 10 graduating with student debt have never even seen a fax machine before. Like they actually don't even know what a fax machine is. And so I think it's this lack of innovation and lack of tooling and lack of education about student debt and how to better manage and pay it down. That is what is bad. I actually don't think it's the student debt in and of itself because the, the reality is the alternative is not uh, going to school, not uh, becoming um, educated in the traditional system. And so I really think that's where as an industry we failed uh, the, the, the borrower, um, you know, with just lack of lack of counsel and, 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 and um, kind of ill-equipping those who have their first financial life event, you know, you're 18 to 22, it's your first financial life event. You're graduating with, you know, the data is 38,000, but in reality, we see that most of the users we serve, it's well over $60,000 in debt, whether they're making $21,000 a year or whether they're making, you know, into the six figures. So it does affect, I'm sorry, it was a long, um, you know, it was a long, it was a, a kind of a visceral reaction of, I think education is, is good and the data show that it's really important to lifetime earnings. I think the experience is bad. And because the experience is bad, 61% say that they've put off retirement because of their student debt. 81% have reported that it's delayed kind of any other wealth accumulating life event. And three out of five younger persons say it's way higher priority to pay off their student debt than it is to save for retirement. But if we can equip borrowers through modern experiences of technology, we can actually graduate our conversation into savings and retirement savings. Understood. We were speaking with the ARA's Nevin Adams before the podcast, and he raised the common criticism that company matching and forgiveness programs unfairly come at the expense of those who are more maybe frugal in their education choices. Is that criticism legit? I think the criticism is born from personal experience. And so I think that that perception is important. And if we look at the data, most of the time I hear that argument, uh, well, you know, I paid for schooling myself and I got two jobs and I put myself through school. That was, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to (laughs) be, that was possible 30 years ago, right? It may have even been possible 20 years ago. But the cost of education has actually increased 1,375% uh, since 1978. And the cost of education has outstripped inflation by a factor of 4x. And so you know, I had jobs going through school. I had a lot of them, you know, from being a cashier at Albertsons to, you know, many other, uh, many other jobs that college students, college students get. I was also a TA for Spanish and history. Um, But it's really very impractical, even for families who are saving, even families who are saving in 529 savings plans to expect, it's basically a mortgage to pay for that in cash. That's just, it's an outdated perception based on a completely different reference point of the cost of education. So I thank you for surfacing that because, you know, seven out of 10 graduating with student debt, but also those over the age of 60 have the highest outstanding balance, right? Isn't that so because they're taking on parent plus loans and they're co-signing. So these are not um, individuals who are entitled 
or want to make things just take the easy road. These are individuals who are committed to the power of education or finding a way to get there because they don't have the cash in their pocket to cover the full the, the full expense. You've touched on this a little bit, and I just wanted to expand, but you have an interesting personal experience with student debt. And if we're not mistaken, it was a factor in launching Future Fuel. What is it? Yes. So thank you for asking. You know, I think my my experience, uh, because I've personally lived the problem, and I remember standing in the Google, the Google cafeteria, I was leading a global business unit for Google, and I was going to school at MIT, which, you know, are both... Uh, is such an honor and a privilege to be part of both of those institutions. And I came from, you know, very small town in Texas and uh, mentioned, you know, uh, my mom and my, my, my mom's earnings. And I just couldn't believe that as a product and technology operator and executive, I just couldn't believe how bad the experience was of managing, you know, managing and and uh and and kind of tackling how to best manage my student debt it's really confusing most users have four to seven student loans there are fabulous federal government programs available nobody knows about them it takes like a phd in math to figure out which one you should be in and then we're using fax machines to enroll right i mean there's just there's so many problems in that journey and user experience i just couldn't believe that we hadn't applied best in class out of category like honey and acorns and TurboTax to this problem. So I created Future Fuel and really my vision was to digitize the experience and then meet users where they work, where they bank and where they experience financial services. So really as a workplace benefit, uh, my vision was to create a new normal where every worker in America, just like they can take advantage of 401k and retirement savings or tuition reimbursement can uh, receive student debt repayment as a tax advantage benefit, like any other benefit in the stack. Unfortunately, that has come to fruition since COVID, uh, which is really exciting. And we have more exciting regulation, um, uh, regulatory changes that we as an industry are anticipating as well. So how does Future Fuel work and how can advisors use it to grow their business? I mean, is fintech at this point the answer? Ooh, well, I think fintech is a really important answer. Uh, and fintech actually makes it easy for for advisors, for record keepers, retirement providers, wealth managers, and we make it easy uh, via embedded finance. So we, as Future Fuel, have created the most comprehensive platform strategy that really addresses a hundred percent of the total addressable market of those who have student debt. And you want to think about student debt as age and wage agnostic. So it's the full spectrum from the stock room to the boardroom. It's a really complicated form of debt to optimize. And so what we enable advisors to do is roll out an innovative digital experience that um, whether the, the person is financially insecure or the resilient enables that user, that employee, that participant to onboard. And the data show we quickly assess the goals of the user and the financial health and wellness of that user, as well as the metadata on their student debt. It takes the average user about a minute and a half to onboard. And in about a minute and a half after onboarding, we guide the user into the next best action on their student debt. The average user, and in particular, as the moratorium ends and 47 million Americans re-enter 
into repayment, one of the primary focus areas for us is student debt savings. And the average user can save $326, oh, um, $326 a month um, through our part of me. I thought, uh, thought I had some bandwidth issues there for a moment. And so for the advisor, the ability to serve a plan sponsor and the plan sponsor says, hey, diversity, equity, and inclusion is important to me. How are you as an advisor meeting my population where they are today? Not just the 1%, but the other 99% in my workplace. How are you adding value to 100% of my population? Not just those who are already really attractive um, from an assets under management perspective. And so we do the heavy lifting so that the advisor can deliver an elegant solution that provides significant student debt savings, which is not only today we've saved about $70 million in 3,500 years off of student debt. Yeah, that's great. It's, you know, it's fantastic. And you think about those savings, those savings can be redirected. We are unblocking savings and retirement savings. We are creating and enabling those who maybe have been on the sidelines um, in retirement savings and planning to actually get in the game. And so we just, we make it easy for advisors to deploy us for plan sponsors and for plan participants. I think everybody likes that you make it easy. That's great. So Laurel Taylor, that's exactly what we needed. Thank you so much for joining us. I do appreciate it. John, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. 